All right. I couldn't wait to get here. Man, I've been salivating. And I've been salivating first in my own life because I spend time thinking. I spend time in a moment. I spend time observing. And I could be in a place and observe a place and learn from the time that I'm there. So this time that I'm, I'm in now, we're in the month of October. And October, uh, OT, O-C-T, represents the number eight. Now, how do we get the month of October? Why do we call it the 10th month? Because the month of October was an orig originally in the Roman calendar, the eighth month of the year. Everybody got that? Yeah. I know. Don't y'all like some of this stuff, man? Hey, I'm so glad, Pastor, you give us a little stuff that's relevant, all right? And the number eight in Scripture represents new beginnings. And we're in this series called Managing Your Mind or the mind management. But the bottom line, every one of us, we've learned we have to do what? Personally do what? Can't hear you. Right now, right now, in the moment, be here. I don't have you alone. And to manage our mind. Why am I so excited? Because this particular month of October, we're heading into what I call the personal responsibility mindset. Oh, yes, I can't wait. I feel like dancing, and maybe I'll dance. Maybe I'll pop some bottles. I'll do something because I am so excited. I am so excited. Listen to what this, this poet said. I find it very interesting. Listen to this. Look what it says. It says, one has opened the door to freedom when one embraces the truth that I am responsible I'll say that again. One has opened the door to freedom when one embraces the truth that I am responsible. By the end of October, when you open your refrigerator, when you open it, be say, I am responsible. I will put this so far down into the crevice of your spirit, you will now take responsibility for your life and eliminate all excuses. I don't care if you're 80 years old. You are responsible. And through this series, my goal is for you and I to stop, stop taking responsibility for things we're not responsible for. Sufficient for its own things is your own issues. I want everybody to shout this out right now. I, I am, am responsible. Let's see, let's see what this poet said again. One has opened the door to freedom. See, Jesus said who the sun sets free is free indeed. But until you take personal responsibility, you haven't opened the door that you've been given access to. One has opened the door to freedom when one embraces the truth that I am responsible. That poet is Aeneas Williams. Standing right before you. So, so many of us quote all these different people and don't realize we're our, we are our own selves legends. And that God is revealing new things to us. 
that people are going to be quoting when we did. And I could tell you as a living witness, even though I have this, I'm still working this out. And that's what the Bible wants you to understand. Even though the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Te Testament, he still was working some things out. But yet God qualified him because he accepted the call and, and decided not to quit but become an overcomer. Shout it out again. I am, I am an, overcomer. an overcomer. So my, my desire in this month for millions of us is be, all of us experience new beginnings. The number eight new beginnings. The month of October, the month of new beginnings. And as soon as I accept personal responsibility for my life, in that particular area, I can experience a what? New beginning. You may have a marriage. If you take responsibility for it, not your husband, start working on you. Right? If you're married right now, look at your spouse right now and say, I am responsible. I am responsible. You, you didn't say that as loud. <laughs> you, didn't say, you didn't say it as loud as you said it the first time. I need the spouses who are in here. Look at each other. And if you're thinking about getting married, look, look up <laughs> and say, I am responsible because you're married to the Lord. Y'all ready to go? Let's go. I am responsible. Some of you singles didn't look up. Because you are married to the Lord. I am what? Responsible. Who is responsible? I am. I am responsible. So all of a sudden I start thinking about who helps people in good and bad times? Who helps people, celebrities and athletes, to present themselves well and take advantage of their popularity and their success? And who also help them recover when they do dumb things? It's usually a... PR person, public relations person, right? When you do well, public relations person help you make sure you show up for appearances on time and make sure they look at and pay attention to what you say and coach you on what you need to say so you don't cause negative things towards your organization or yourself. Am I right? And when you jack it up, mess it up, the public relations person says, Let's clean this up. So when I was meditating on what would help us connect personal responsibility, I thought about PR. Everybody needs a PR firm. Everybody needs a PR firm. Everybody needs, we need a culture of not judgment, but certainly pointing out when we're irresponsible. Because irresponsibility is the result or was the result of the fall. You will find out when Adam and Eve sinned, they say, I confess is them. <laughs> and because of that fall, everything was something in human nature that always wants us to do what? To cause somebody else. He didn't do this. I didn't do this. I am so excited that the scriptures tell me the truth. And the truth says, who the son has set free is free how? Indeed. Not just free, free what? Indeed. Can't hear you. Indeed. Because there are a lot of people that have spent a whole lot of time in taking my money to allow me to waddle in somebody else's fault. Yeah, you, you know, it's just my mama, my daddy, and, and uh, 
My teacher is why I got a D. <laughs> or athletes, the coach don't like me. <laughs> they never tell you why. They just say, coach don't like me. So I want you to think about, I want to see if I can create a stir in you and I a passion to root out irresponsibility in our lives. Everybody got that? Everybody got that? So let's build this ship and land, and land this plane. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, please. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. I will take my time and build the ship, and I will make sure all of us are aboard the plane because we're all heading the same direction. And the direction at the end of this month is I am responsible. Everybody got that? Pastor, I'm so tired of you saying it. I will say it as I told you until when you flush the toilet, you hear I am responsible. Am I right? Children, I am responsible. Parents, I am responsible. Husband and wife, I am responsible. Singles, I am responsible. Workers, I am responsible. Bosses, I am responsible. And the Lord God took the man, put him into the Garden of Eden to do what? To dress it and to do what? Keep it. So he's supposed to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded, everybody listen in, Always pay attention to when God is talking and when he's specifically giving you a directive. For most of your life, you get to choose what you want to do. But then there are certain things that God directs us and commands us to do because he knows how he's created us. and He knows what laws will cause a society to be successful. So he says, and the Lord God commanded. Commanded means, notice he didn't demand. He did what? Commanded. Because true leadership does not demand respect. It commands it. Did y'all hear that? And the Lord God commanded the man saying, so now God is talking. He is talking top down. This man is now responsible for everything underneath him. Everybody see that? So God talks first to order. He talks to positions. He talks to heads. He says to the man, who is the head. And the Lord God said to the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, you may do what? Free. Can't hear you. Free. So always lock in and keep your focus on what he told you you can do. Too many focus on what you can't do. The flesh has a law in it, the old nature. Anytime you put laws and rules on it, it will cause almost like a strain to drag you to do what you say, I'm not doing this. Too many people have, I'm not goals. I'm not going to be like my daddy. I'm not going to eat two pieces of cake. You were never supposed to have not goals. Everybody focus. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may what? Free. First free lunch program. Before public schools. You may freely what? Eat. How many like that? Yeah. Freely eat. Everybody see that? Everybody, everybody see that? So, 
Next instruction. Next. Now, I know what I can do. I can sit in all these chairs but one. Everybody got that? Everybody got that? Let's see if we can cause this to... You can sit in all these chairs but one. Now, in Proverbs, it tells you how your eyes are made up. It says the eyes of man, talking about woman and man, are never satisfied. So if I keep looking at what he told me to stay away from, eventually I'm going to want it. You, you can try to rebuke that all you want. Just as you can't rebuke gravity, you can't rebuke this law. That's why, ladies, if you're attempting, you're in this life group called Financial Peace on Saturdays, 10 o'clock, I think, here, here, and we need more who want to have more money, take care of your money, have peace with your money, to come out and learn about money. Because once you set your goals and you begin to have a plan, ladies, no such thing as you. I'm just going window shop. Why? Because there's a law going on. I as a man and one man are what? Can't hear you. Can't hear you. I've already resolved in my mind, brothers, ladies, just cover your ears real quick. I've, always, I've, all, I've already just put in my mind, I already realized I'm probably going to see women that are just as cute or more than my wife. I just, that's just some strange thing that came to me. <laughs> you might as well just, there's some beautiful people out here. And beauty is in the eye of the beholder, by the way. But the bottom line, to somebody, you, whoever you have, there's somebody that may have a little more beauty than that person. So once you resolve this stuff, you stop doing silly games with it. <laughs> You cannot avoid beauty. You would have to get out this world to avoid beauty. But you, what you can do is see beauty and say, now that's nice, and keep... keep. <laughs> like ladies, you want to go to the mall, you're you on your budget, you want to have access, you want to you be a good steward of your money, you can see that dress, now that dress nice. Now, this is for people who are serious and who want to have money at the end of the month instead of have more month left than money. Hello? So instead of putting your eyes on this, put your eyes on the chairs you can sit in. But if the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, you shall not eat of it, you shall not eat of it. And the devil tried to get us to thank God playing. Like he don't really mean this. And religion does that because religion allows us to perform and not see the consequences of our sins and decisions. When the truth is, I'll show you later on in communion, there are people dying who are in the church because they're not properly taking the communion. It's in the book. It's a good book to ward off disease, sickness, and death. 
Because he's no respect of person. He can't say, okay, I know you've been to church about 10, 5 years. That don't apply to you. It applied to all of us. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, by the way, he didn't tell this to the church. There was no church. Shake the neighbor next to you. There was no church. Did y'all see that? These were instructions for human beings. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, why would you put that in there? Because the only way you can establish lordship, you have to put a command in. And the only way you can establish lordship over the human race, who's over the animal kingdom, he has to give you a directive. Otherwise, he's not your lord. There's no such thing as lord but. So he's given instructions. So guess what? How many of y'all know it's probably real good to pay attention right now? Because some of y'all right now are thinking about the movies, thinking about a football game, thinking about going to get you something to eat. You got a whole bunch of stuff on your mind. And, and God, God gives you and I a certain amount of space to go over his word in an anointed atmosphere where the kingdom is sowing seed into the hearts of all of us. So you got to make sure, and I want you to help your neighbor, shake your neighbor right now and tell them you need to get up. One more time. No, look at him again. Now look at him again and say, not only get up, wake up. <laughs> but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For the day you eat of it, you shall what? Surely die. I said last week, I said counseling is great. I've had counseling. So I want to make sure I'm clear because I don't want to offend anybody. Inside this world, God sets up gifts and talents and even in, the, in, this, in this country, education, to help us. To help us what? Get healed or help us cope. Some of this stuff don't help you get healed. It just medicates you and help you cope with it. As I said, hospice means you dying. We just going to make you comfortable till you die. The, a relationship with Christ in the kingdom of God is not to make the believer comfortable and a comfortable sinner till they die. Amen. The kingdom of God is to literally deliver us from these things that tear you down, these things that cause you to be sick, these things that cause your mind to be jacked up. The kingdom of God has delivered us from these things. But it only works if you believe it. God's word only works for the one that believes it. And the one that believes it is not the one that just says, I believe it. The one that believes it not only says it, but begins to uh, put their lives in line with what they believe. I don't know, somebody needs to just jump up in here and say, I'm ready to get free, Pastor. I'm ready to be free. Man, you can sit in church and be in bondage. And church was never an atmosphere. Life groups, life groups are not to get together so we can all have common interests and we all just don't say anything about the things we see we're doing wrong in our lives. That's not a life group. That's a buddy club. 
because something has happened in the church. Paul, somebody's confused. Jesus says, judge not, lest you be judged. And then you've, you've quoted that in the church. Paul said, we don't judge people outside. Did y'all hear what I said? He said, we don't make judgment about people outside. He said, I instruct you, don't even eat with people who call themselves a believer and are knowingly living in sin. He said, don't eat with them. Now, look at something right, ne right, right next to you. Did you know that? He said, don't eat with them. And I hear you right now. Well, I don't want to judge anybody. He said, we don't judge people without. He said, we judge people outside the church. We'd have to leave the world. But he does say, in the church, if you see somebody going in the wrong direction, you see somebody doing something, you don't just stay with them and don't say nothing. But you don't come down with a judge hammer. You come with love. Hey, you keep doing this. This event is going to hurt you. But Paul was concerned about hurting the church. He said a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. He was talking about sin. And particularly sin that was not. I, yesterday, my, my daughter, the youngest one, Cheyenne, looked beautiful. She went to homecoming. Homegirl got tears of hooked her up. I'm like, man, look at shy. Baby girl. And while we were there, we were taking pictures, and they, uh, this, this dad was talking to me. His son, his son, huge size, plays football at high school. Then had a younger son who had size on him. He was the younger one. He looked at me. He said, what's wrong with your eye? <laughs> and then the dad, the dad was like, shut up, shut up. Don't do that. <laughs> I say, hey, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm recovering my healing from this bell palsy I dealt with. How could you sit around somebody you say that you, you love, and guess what? You see them behaving in an irresponsible way, and when somebody get ready to say something, you say, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. It don't work like that in the church. It's not judging. In other words, I'm not top-down condemning you. I am saying, he said, don't eat with them. Why? Because he knows the law of contamination. So if he's delivered you out of something and you're not prepared yet to go back in it, don't go back in it trying to talk about you're going to convert them. Everybody say, I'm free. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, these instructions, this is the word of God. God confirms his word, protection in his word. It's good in his word. He says, the right, at his right hand is a pleasure forevermore, joy. I already got next year's theme. Next year's theme, I'm going to give it to you. Next year's theme, I'm telling you right now, it's called fully satisfied. <laughs> already got it. It's nothing like being fully satisfied. When you're fully satisfied, you don't go off on decoys. You don't go on rabbit trails. When you fully satisfied, there's a state in God where he fully satisfies you, even while negative stuff happening around you. He put a joy in you. And I mean, you just, and that, that don't mean some other people not making irresponsible decisions that's connected to you, but it, it don't take your joy. I'm talking about fully satisfied. And this, at the end of this month, new beginnings. I'm taking responsibility. I am responsible. We have coaches, great coaches always know what they see on film is what they coach. 
Bear Bryant, the, the late Bear Bryant, coach for the University of Alabama, he said, my players don't make any mistakes on game day. I do. It's called responsibility. It's called responsibility. It's called what? Responsibility. Now, I need you to understand this from a law standpoint. There are certain laws that are in place. These are spiritual laws. I was staring at airplanes today, this morning, and as they go up, I'm still amazed at this huge aircraft, huge, that goes in the air, off the ground, and stays up there. And then I start thinking about, man, I'm so glad there's some qualifications for flying that thing. I'm so glad they don't let Leroy, (laughs) who got a vision to fly. (laughs) You don't get a license off a vision. They make sure. Then I start thinking about, man, what are the consequences of a plane going down? It caused millions to lose confidence in flying. Because people don't, very seldom do people remember how many good flights they had. <laughs> they seem to only remember the bad one. Isn't it interesting how the counselors always remind you about the bad things in your parents? I'm not knocking counselors. I love you. And you do a work that's needed. But he said, here, I'll give you a counselor called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you and I take full responsibility, and the Holy Spirit will help us change the situation. Somebody say, I I am am responsible. responsible. Go to Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 1. I want to show it to you in Scripture. Always go with the word. Pastors, Aeneas, teach teach the people the word. Free the people up through the word of God. Let them hear the word of God. Let them see the results of the word of God. Don't give them your opinion. Give them the word of God. Give them the truth and the truth to set them free. Let the people hear the truth. What does the Bible say? What does Ezekiel say? Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 1. Ezekiel's name means God strengthens. God strengthens. There's something that happens in you when you take responsibility for your life. God strengthens you. Ezekiel means God strengthens. The other thing unique about Ezekiel, he was one of three prophets that kind of, that he's one of three prophets, Ezekiel, Zechariah, and Jeremiah, who were also priests. Not only was he a prophet, he was a priest. Pastor, how do you know? Because Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 2 tells you he was a priest. You always, I will always, my goal is to always teach you and base what, I, what I'm sharing with you through the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God. Not my opinion or something I'm trying to conjure up. So here's Ezekiel. Everybody pay attention. Who's the head of the church? And he's, come on, you got it. Jesus is, what is he? Lord, Jesus is Lord. So the Word of the Lord has come to Ezekiel, whose name means God strengthens. What does Ezekiel name mean? God strengthens. When you and I, in this new month, number eight, when we accept personal responsibility, we will gain strength. And you'll gain strength to change it. You got bad grades as a student? Stop making excuses. 
Because there are people that don't even have the intellect that you do put the work in, and they get results. Matter of fact, let's, let's create in this environment, in this church, the spirit church, a no-excuse zone. And the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel, or came unto me again. What came to him? A word from the Lord. God gives you wisdom so you'll know what the root cause is. The world gives you reasoning to help reason the cause. The Bible tells you what the cause is. God is teaching Ezekiel, and he's going to say to Jeremiah, he's getting ready to set a time on the earth where, where something that he enacted in the Old Testament will no longer be the case. Everybody see that? What mean you, Ezekiel the Lord? The Lord is coming to Ezekiel. The Lord himself who's in visible form, who's a real being, the Lord is saying to his man, the prophet, a prophet represents God to the people. The priest represents people to God. Everybody see that? The priest represents people to who? God. The prophet represents what? God to the people. God has a word he's going to say it through a man because he cannot just come and speak apart from a body. Otherwise, he'd be illegal. Ezekiel, my prophet, what do you mean by keep quoting and everybody keep quoting this proverb? A proverb, proverb, a simile. Bring two parallel things, a natural and a spiritual thing so people can understand the spiritual connotation. A, a, a proverb, similitudes, figuratives, two things running parallel, a natural thing to help explain a spiritual thing and make it more clear. Everybody see that? Proverb, a parable, a parable, two things coming alongside a natural thing to help explain, to help us understand a spiritual thing. Everybody see that? Son of man, prophet, the one I'm sending to tell these people, what do you mean that you will use this proverb again? Concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. Now, if you don't know what that means, you could spend a whole lot of time trying to figure it out. I thought about this for a long time, years ago, because I want to understand it. This is a parable. Another reason God puts parable in stories. Because you got to lean in and you got to be hungry to get fed by God. He doesn't just put crumbs on the table in front of you. You got to dig, bird, to get your, your worm. In other words, you passive. Well, I, if, it's, if it's to be, it'll be. That's a sorry mentality. And it's not a kingdom mentality. And unfortunately, too many of us got it in the church. Well, if it's God's will, that's a lie. It's God's will that nobody perish. And people perishing every day. What do you mean this Proverbs concerning the land of Israel saying? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth don't set on edge. I can tell you in a big old what he mean. That's a parable. He's talking about the fathers. And the children. What is he saying? He said, the fathers have sinned and the children are reaping the consequences. So he's telling the prophets, they're prophesying. Prophets see into the future and then tell you what it is today. Many of them never saw what they prophesied because it wasn't for them, it was for us. 
We're now in what he's teaching him. Everybody see that? How do you know, Pastor? Because he wasn't the only prophet that God spoke that through. Go to Jeremiah, please. Chapter 31, verse 27. Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 27. That's why I, also, I always encourage all of you veteran saints, read the Bible. You hear me say it? And there's some still don't do it. And you haven't grown from where you are. You've been like this for years. And your understanding, your, your understanding of the Word of God and what's behind it has not grown. Why? Because you're looking at all other stuff besides the Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you. The Bible interprets itself. Here's another prophet, Jeremiah. Behold, the days come. Behold, the days come. Behold, the days come. That means it hasn't come yet. That means God has to use a man or woman on earth to speak something that's coming later so it can be established through the word of a man's mouth or a woman's mouth. Because God can't just arbitrarily do things without some human being speaking it. So how do you transact what God has for you? You got to believe what, first of all, you got to know what he's telling you. Second, you got to believe what he's telling you. Then you got to say it. Because when you say it, you sign the deal. Behold, the days come, said the Lord. That's the, that's the other thing that impressed me about God. He knows tomorrow. If he don't know tomorrow, he ain't God. In other words, there should be times in your life where he unequivocally show you things tomorrow. And I'm telling every one of you all, if he's not showing you, you're not seeing it. Something wrong. You were always supposed to have insider information. This was never a church where you're blinded and I just don't know what's going on. You pray for your pastors, your leaders, your fivefold ministry gift so they can hear and then they can proclaim. The prophet proclaim. But you don't proclaim from anger. You don't proclaim because get the people. You proclaim because God loves you enough to give you this gift to love his people, to get them prepared. Hallelujah. Behold, the day has come, says the Lord, I will sow the house of Israel and of Judah with seed of man and with the seed of beast. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It hasn't happened yet. It's going to come to pass. That like as I have watched over them to pluck them up. Now, he's demonstrating because of sins that have been committed in prior generations, God had to do something. He had to allow them to experience consequences. So now he's saying to them, he's using a parallel, just as I've had to allow their generation to suffer the consequences of prior generation sins, I'm now getting ready to do something new. And it shall come to pass that just like as I watched over them to pluck them up, to break them down, to throw them down, to destroy, to afflict, so will I watch over them to do what? To build. To what? And to what? And the plant. Says who? That's the time we living in. This is the time we living in. But you got to believe it. This is the time we living in. It says, Jesus told the Pharisees, they say, oh, man, look at the sky. It's kind of dark. It's going to rain or we're going to have fair weather. Jesus said, y'all can read the signs of nature, but you can't discern the signs of the time. The best thing God can give you is a pastor who understands the time. Because there's a certain time for everything. 
you better hear me. There's a certain time for everything. And when that time's up, when that time's up, it's too late. This is the time to get saved. This is the time to lead people and pray for people to get saved. Because at some time, this time will be over. Jesus wept. He said, oh, Israel. He called out these cities. Woe be unto you. And he wasn't doing it angry at them. He was making this statement in tears. Oh, how I wish to gather you up as an eagle does her little ones and gather you under my wings, but you would not. You would not respond to me on my day of visitation. You would not respond now during this time of me walking on the earth and I am Jesus, mercy walking around. Mercy meaning I am literally setting a dispensation where you will no longer be responsible for the sins of your fathers and your ancestors. But I will create a new day in me where you will be responsible for your own lives. If you're broke, it will be not because your folks, it's because of you and your poor decision. If you're sick, it won't be because of your mama ate chitlins. It's because you didn't eat in moderation and control your appetite. Somebody say amen to this. And in those days, they shall say no more. In those days, they shall not say this anymore. Stop the excuses. And the first one God is dealing with is me. Stop the excuses. Stop paying people to give you an alibi. Stop it. If you don't have the money you want, you need to get in the mirror and say, I repent. Well, my dad didn't leave me anything. So? My daddy slept around. And? Now that you know, you're going to keep sleeping around because your daddy did? The devil is a liar. In those days shall they say, no more. Fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. Watch. But everyone shall die for his what? Own iniquity. That's why 1 Timothy chapter 2, he says, anyone that named the name of the Lord depart from sin. And depart from iniquity. Now it's personal. But every soul, everyone shall die for what? His what? Why? Because I'm changing the dispensation. I'm getting ready to do something new in October. Every man that eat the sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. Behold, the days come. It's coming. It's here. You in it. You in it. You are in it. You are in it. You don't like what you see, accept responsibility, call it what it is, stop making excuses for it. You in it. You are in it. There's no excuses. They were not in it. They were established. They were going through what their ancestors did. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a what? I'll do what? A new agreement that's established, it got to work. When God makes a new, that means the old is out. I will make an agreement with them. The house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers 
where he said, I'll visit the iniquities of the fathers up to the third and fourth generation, Deuteronomy chapter 5. I'm not, that's no longer disagreement. I got a new one. That's why you living during the best time to be alive, baby. You living during the best time to be alive. Some of our ancestors, they could not go watch a movie. I heard a man tell me, he says, man, I, we witnessed to him. He was working at IHOP. He said, I, I've been in jail. And he said, I think, I think he said I was in jail 16 years. And he said, he said, man, I just, just to go outside and see the sky at 2 a.m. in the morning. Can you imagine that? Just appreciate to better get up and go outside and look at the sky. To not have to go to bed at 10. Not according to the covenant that I made with your fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which is which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband unto them, said the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will, uh-oh, I will put my law in their what? Inward parts. And write what? In their hearts and will be what? Their God. And they shall be what? That's quoted in the New Testament. No excuses. I am responsible. I am responsible. Now, here's the deal. You got to first believe this. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 100. If you got any intelligence, you're 12, you could do this. I am responsible. I find it interesting that when Moses asked, final thing, closing, when Moses asked, when he was sent by God to go speak to Pharaoh to deliver his people, I find it interesting that when Moses asked, Okay, God, I got it. I got the assignment, but who should I tell him sent me? It's, a, it's one of the strangest answers I've ever heard in Scripture. In other words, okay, Lord, I know I, Moses like, Lord, I know, you, I, I, know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm supposed to go talk to the guy. I know Pharaoh. I grew up in his house, but you telling me to do this, who should I say sent me? And the Lord says, I am. I am sent you. Now, I don't know about you, but that dog just don't hunt. <laughs> to go in front a president of a nation, a king of a nation, and say, I am sent you. You know what he said? He was telling them, go tell them, I was, I am, and I am to come. <laughs> you know what he said? Go tell them, I am. Evidently, when you and I realize that we are part of I am, we can change it. That's why it is I am responsible. Every head bowed, every eye closed.